Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Isai, this is Rabbi Falk, speaking to you. I always say I'm speaking to you from Telstone, the home base of Nevetzion. But tonight, today, I can't say that. Because I'm speaking to you today on the Nevetzion podcast from Auschwitz, Poland. We're on the Neve trip to Poland. So far, it's been a remarkable trip. We arrived in Poland early Sunday morning. And we've been all over. We started off in Warsaw. We went to the basic forest in Warsaw. Um, afterwards, we went the next day to um, Madonna. We went, no, I'm sorry, Ticton. We went the first day to Ticton um, and, tri- and to Treblinka. Then we went the next day to the basic forest in Warsaw. We went to the Jewish Museum in Warsaw. Um, then that night, we went to the Kever to the Tzion of the Sfas Emes and the Chidushe HaRe'im, which was absolutely remarkable. Imamish sat and sang around and said Divrei Teru from the Kotzker, from the Sfas Emes, from the Chidushe HaRe'im. It was beautiful, beautiful. Uh, today, we went to... First, we went to Madanik, um an extremely, extremely moving and inspirational experience. I, I can't say it was a nice experience, but extremely inspirational. And uh, then we went to Krakow. And we finished off the day by going to Blazow, which is a concentration camp, which is right outside of Krakow. We then continued on to the hotel. There's a, it's a, it's crazy to say, but there's a beautiful hotel in right across from Auschwitz, from the concentration camps. And tomorrow morning, Mitzvahem, we will be going with the with the second and third year boys to uh, to Auschwitz, and uh, then we will be going to Tarnow, and Shabbos we will hopefully have a beautiful Shabbos in Lezhinsk by the Tzion of Tendayim Elimelech. I'd like to share with you a few words that. I spoke about tonight, this evening, when we stood by the concentration camp. There's nothing left there. It's just a, a monument and the memorial of Blazhal. It's this week's Parsha. is Parsha's Lechloch. Avram Avinu took himself. It says he was Avram Ha'ivri, that he was from one side and the rest of the world stood on a different side. Avram looked, he took himself, Eva Hanor, cross, he crossed over the river. But it wasn't just a physical leaving, but it was a philosophical and a spiritual differentiating himself from the rest of the world. In his Akkar, in his recognition that there's a Bayre Oilam, a Baruch his Achnas, his Archim, his caring for people. And he took on a totally new lifestyle. When when one looks at the Holocaust and we've been going, we've going to these death camps, concentration camps, it's the 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 cruelty, the hatred that the Nazis had for the Jews is absolutely mind-boggling. And there were two things which we discussed tonight that are just so hard to understand when you think about the Holocaust. First of all, why did they hate us so much? What did we do that the Nazis should hate us with such a vengeance? And, and, and such brutality. Second of all, they didn't just 
want to, if you hate someone, so kill him and get rid of him. But they didn't do that. They degraded us. They were mavaza us. They tried to turn us into, into animals. I said over, I remember as a young boy, I davened in a shul in Washington, a shul called Oyev Shalom. And there was a, a shamish there, a Yid Tzadik, who was a Holocaust survivor. His name was Ernie Friedman. And I remember him telling my father, my father told it to me and I was shocked. He told me that the Nazis tried to turn them into animals. And he said that people were starving. They were dying for bread. And he said they would take them and put them in a cage and put a son with his father. And then they would drop in a piece of bread and say that only one of you gets it. And they, they would fight each other, the father and the son. Rahman al-Litzlan would fight in order to get this piece of bread. They wanted to, to, to degradate us, to, to, to degrade us, to turn us into animals. What did they want? Why did they want that? Why did they do that? Second of all, one of the things that bothers people so much about the Holocaust is the tremendous, tremendous loss of life that seems to be, to have been almost in vain, just death and death and death for no reason. Why? How could a Kosh allow such a thing to happen? It's it's not a, a question that I think can be answered, but it seems like it was all in vain. It's so painful. So Rabbi Yisai, I want to explain to you what you said, which I saw. There's a Rabbi Prager. It's not the Rabbi Prager from... <clears throat> from the Vetzion, but he's a Rabbi Prager who was in the Holocaust, and he did tremendous amount of research afterwards, and he wrote quite a few books about the Holocaust. He explains a tremendous, tremendous suicide. If you look, there was a there was a philosopher by the name of Nietzsche, and Nietzsche's philosophy was that man is just a sophisticated animal. We're a more intelligent, a more capable animal, and the laws of nature are that might makes right. The powerful rules over the weak. And if you look at all living creatures in this universe, you'll see that that's the way it goes. In, a, in, if, in the sea, a big fish eats a small fish. In the animal kingdom, a, a tiger or a lion jumps on a deer, rips him to shreds, and eats him. And we we look at it as that's normal. That's the normal order of the the all the, all the animals and all the beasts. That might makes right. The strong rule. And the Nazis believed that the Jewish people had corrupted humanity. And they were in a war, a cultural war, against the Jewish people. The Nazis believed in this philosophy of Nietzsche, and they believed that man is just a more sophisticated animal, and that the German race was the most elite and perfect species of mankind. And as a result of that, they are supposed to rule. And they should rule over other nations. And the truth of the matter is, that is the way it was in the world for so, so many years. You would have a king, he would conquer a nation, he would enslave them, he would tax them, he would take everything that they had. Whoever was stronger ruled. 
And the Nazis believed that that is the way the world should be. That the strong, a person who's sick, a person who's, who's, who's shalom, uh, handicapped in some way, they, they didn't want to have them around. They wanted to kill them. No compassion, no morality. We're animals, and therefore, man should be ruled by the most powerful of the nations, and Germany, they felt, was, the, was the, the greatest of the nations, and therefore the Germans had to rule. The problem was that there was another nation that disagreed with them. There's a fascinating book by the name of the Holocaust by a famous historian by the name of Martin Gilbert. Martin Gilbert researched many, 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 I think as many, all, all the communities, they could find Jewish communities, and he, he historically wrote about all, you know, everything that happened to each one of these different communities. He has a piece where he writes that the terrible Dr. Me, Dr. Mengele, who was a notorious doctor in Auschwitz, he had an assistant who was a prisoner. She was a, she was extremely privileged in Auschwitz. She was a wonderful person. And she had saved Jews. And being she was a German, a, a non-Jew, a Gentile, and she had saved Jews. And because she had saved Jews, she had been sent away to Auschwitz as a prisoner. But Dr. Mengele took her as an assistant. And he, since she was a German and since she was a doctor, she was somewhat trusted and respected by Dr. Dr. Mengele. And Dr. Mengele said to her, Martin Gilbert wrote that he spoke to her. And he, this, this doctor told her that Dr. Mengele said to him that there are only two gifted nations in the world, the Germans and the Jews. And the question is, who will dominate? They realized, the Nazis realized, Hitler realized that the Jewish people were, the, were from the most gifted nations in the world. And he realized that he would never be able to have his, his philosophy of might makes right and bestiality and the, the just the physicality of man with no spiritual and moral compass that would never ever be accepted if the Jews were around because the Jews from the time of Avram Havinu were a spiritual people they were a people of the spirit and they were what stood in his way and he realized that Hitler wrote that the Jewish people are a blemish on humanity. He says they have, they have corrupted the world with a terrible thing called conscience. Absolutely crazy. But that's what they believed, that the Jewish people were the source of conscience, the, the source of, of a person believing that there's right and there's wrong, there's morality, there's spirit. And the Nazis hated us because of that. Because that was the shita, that was the philosophy that totally negated everything that they believed in. And the Holocaust, we look at it as a physical battle. But the truth of the matter is, if you stop and think, the, the Nefesh HaChaim says that the Chorben Beis HaMikdosh, when Titus destroyed the Beis HaMikdosh, he brings down a Zayar. The Zoya says that by the time Titus got to the Beis Hamikdash and physically destroyed it, it the Zoya says 
He was grinding ground flour, flour that had already been ground. He was destroying a base of Mikdash that had already been destroyed. Because the reason why the base of Mikdash was destroyed was not because Titus physically went in and destroyed it. There's a base of Mikdash Shomala, a base of Mikdash in the Shamayim. And that base of Mikdash in the Shamayim is there. It's a spiritual base of Mikdash. But when the, the, the Jewish people are good, and are fulfilling their mitzvahs and doing the rots on Hashem, so then we sustain it, and we keep that base of Mikdash, we're going to that base of Mikdash. But if Chas V'Shalom, the Jews, are not doing what they're doing, so then the Jews and their actions destroy that spiritual base of Mikdash. And that spiritual base of Mikdash is what gives the base of Mikdash, the physical base of Mikdash, the power to exist. The true destruction of the base of Mikdash didn't happen down here. The true destruction of the base of the Mikdash happened because of the Averus of Klai Yisrael that destroyed the base of Mikdash Shamala. And once that base of Mikdash Shamala was destroyed, the base of Mikdash Shamata collapsed. And Rabbi Isai, I believe that the same thing is true in the Holocaust. During the Holocaust, there was a tremendous battle and war that went on between Amalek, the Nazis were from Zera Amalek, and the Jewish people. It was a battle about what is this world all about? The Nazis believe that we're animals, that there's no such thing as, no, no such thing as conscience, no such thing as right is wrong, no such thing as a person being a Balchesed like Avram Ravino, that we're animals, and might makes right, and the strong conquer the weak, and the Torah believes the exact opposite that there is right and wrong, there is a Kaddish Baruch that the purpose of man is to perfect himself, to perfect himself as a person, to perfect himself spiritually. And that battle, even though when we look at it superficially, we see the Second World War was a battle fought with tanks and planes, but the real battle was a battle that was fought on a spiritual level. It was fought between the Nazis and the Yidden in those camps, those Yidden who were Moise Nefesh, in order to keep the Torah Mitzvahs as much as they could, the Yidden who helped one another, who would not allow the Nazis to turn them into animals, but they kept their spirit. They remained spiritual people. They main, remained with their total Tselem Elohim. They didn't allow the Nazis to take the, that from them. And that was the true battle. And the Nazis realized that. That's what Mengele realized. And Hitler, even on his last day, in his last will and testament, they have a copy of it. And in it he says that I failed. I failed to destroy the Jewish people who are the, the poison of humanity. I wasn't able to wipe them out. He was able to break our bones. He was able to kill us. He was able to destroy our bodies, but he was not able to break our spirit. And Rabbi Sai, we look and we think six million Yidden died in vain, but they didn't die in vain. They fought a tremendous battle and they won that battle because the derech of the Torah, the derech of Avram Avinu, the derech of Lechelcho, Me'artzcho, Me'ever Hanor, that he was from the other side, that we have a different approach to life, that life has meaning, life is spiritual, that there's a nefesh, there's a ruach to the person. That was the battle that the Yidden fought in the camps. And Baruch Hashem, Chazde Hashem, 
that battle they won. We should continue, every single one of us. It's a battle that's not over. It's a constant battle to bring down the Ruchnias, to make sure that the spirit, the morality, is what lives on. We should all continue the tremendous milchoma that they fought. They fought for us. They were mice and nefesh for us. We can't even imagine how much they suffered, but they won that battle. And we have to make sure that the victory that they acquired, the victory that they struggled for, is not squandered and is not lost during our times.